welcome to Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 1, Episode 21, Prisoner of Conscience. air date for this episode was april 30th 1986 it was directed by the incomparable cliff bowl and the equally incomparable stephen candell wrote it mm-hmm. it's a good team it's you a good team that we have going on here you can't be equally incomparable <laughs> i just compared them <laughs> to each other uh this is a much funnier episode than i think we've had so far this season it, it's kind of funny it's got a lot of little moments of of levity in it it feels for like de- for like, dealing such a serious subject it feels like uh richard dean anderson gets to have a little bit more fun oh yeah than usual and also elia baskin has a lot of really funny moments mm-hmm. but um yeah i, I think it, this is definitely a fun episode um it's a little bit of a uh homage to one flew over the cuckoo's nest maybe yeah, a lot definitely. of an homage to yeah like definitely like with like lopat as like the chief kind of character right and and also uh the chess master kind of is reminiscent of uh either danny devito's character or the the guy that was there voluntarily in mm, one flew over yeah, the cuckoo's yeah. nest it's kind of a combination of the two characters yeah because he doesn't seem he seems to have some troubles but he doesn't seem to be like mental institution troubles yeah and he almost kind of looks like the guy that was there voluntarily mm. uh, marvin kaplan kind of resembles that guy uh, but yeah um so why don't we cover this one a little bit uh just in brief all right uh pete goes rogue to extract uh, a political uh dissident uh to retrieve his daughter since he's been now declared dead and she's in danger so he goes in alone to try to pull her out but MacGyver uh, hitches, a, hitches along and uh, decides to help Pete out with the situation, only for them to find out that the father isn't dead and that he's being held prisoner. Right. Um, so I think we can go through uh, the point by point on this. We start already in Russia, right? Yeah, they're already in Russia, like in a park. Somewhere, I'm assuming it's somewhere outside of the city, like out of, like, even out of the major suburban centers. It's like, it seems yeah. like it's more countryside they're having like a picnic out on like this uh riverbank yeah it's like a riverside or lakeside mm-hmm. it, I, I couldn't really tell if it wasn't i mean it, in parts it looks like a river during this chase that goes yeah on, but it also kind of looks like a lake in that like the water's not really moving mm-hmm. yeah it's like a could be like just like a little outlet of kind of like a yeah but uh yeah so the the very beginning of it is macgyver's just kind of sitting at a table until pete notices him and mm-hmm. comes over and he's like what are you doing here macgyver and yeah macgyver kind of admits oh i kind of peeked into your files and figured out that uh, you're here mm-hmm. uh checking up on a political prisoner or a potential political prisoner i was just really hoping you would come this way <laughs> right <laughs> And uh, Pete kind of fesses up that he was corresponding with this guy and that their correspondence was interpreted by the government as him cooperating with an American spy. Right, right. And uh, you had said this reminded you of the of the actual story of the Russian dissident. Yeah, uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Yeah. Who's like, who like was speaking out about against the government and wrote a lot of things about it. And, and he was imprisoned. Correct. And, and, uh, but he was also famous, like the people loved him and that made him a threat it also made him dangerous to kill right because they didn't want to martyr him so the the character does have a lot to do uh sort of with the karsoff character here mm-hmm. is, is the name of the the political prisoner who well they're both alexanders as well like right. he's alexander karsoff yeah so 
it's uh, probably not a coincidence. I, w- I would I would think probably not. And there's currently a movie being put together. About yes, there this is. <laughs> is that uh, public knowledge or? Um, yeah, there was a press release. Oh, okay. So, um, Richard's working on it. <laughs> I'm working on it, kind of. <laughs> and uh, a friend of ours uh, directed it. Mm-hmm. Cyrus Narasta. He's currently writing, but. Oh, he's writing it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is he not directing? Uh, I think he will be. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, it's not it's not in production yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the first step in in this whole process that, as far as Pete's plan went, was that he was going to go to this nearby cabin, and talk to the daughter of this uh, dissident, and uh, mm-hmm. just get her out of the country as quickly as possible. Right. He he believes that the father is dead, and that her her involvement with her father or just her relationship with her father will puts her in danger as well. Yeah, she'll be incarcerated also. Correct. Um, and so she has a she lives in her father's cabin, which is near near where they are now, where mm-hmm. this picnic sort of thing is taking place. Um, and so Pete says, "I'm I'm going to go find her right now, and you need to stay right here, MacGyver. Don't yeah. follow me, even though MacGyver's already followed him ten thousand miles." Yeah, um, followed him ahead of him too. Like, yeah, that's that's some expert following. If yeah. you can be in front of them, <laughs> well, that's the best way to tail a person. I don't know if you know this, but if you ever need to tail a person if you're like a stalker or Mm -hmm. a psychopath um stay in front of them and just keep track of uh their signals and stuff like that then you can uh follow them from in front and then they're like oh this person's gonna think i'm following them (laughs) and they don't think that that you're following them because you're in front wonderful lessons that we're taught i learned that when i was a crazy person (laughs) but yeah so um pete goes to the house this cabin and he knocks on the door and of course macgyver's close in tow but mm-hmm. a secret so he's, he's lingering around just keeping an eye on things and uh she recognizes him immediately and uh says oh peter what are you doing here like she, she's worried for his safety at right. this point and uh and he says look uh, the police are going to be coming after you now which, that now that your father's gone which immediately they arrive yeah yes. they, yeah within 20 seconds of him telling her this they're already like coming down the driveway and uh, and she says they're already kicking me out of the house. Like just standard Russian government yeah. insensitivity. They they've yeah. already decided. Okay, we're we're seizing all of his assets. You have to get out of this home. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so Pete like hides behind the door as these uh, Russian agents approach um, the front porch and sort of start harassing her a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we should say that there are th- there are three of them. Right, <laughs> and and somehow Peter can tell this from the door. He says, oh, there's three agents coming down the driveway right now. Like, he just sees a car coming, yeah. and he can diagnose that there are three people in it. Only two of them come to the door, though. Yeah, the the, the, the driver stays in the car and while the two men approach it. Now, we're not quite sure what he's doing, because Pete's standing behind the door while they're harassing the girl. He suddenly just slams the door in their faces, yeah. which causes them to tumble back over the railing and into the lake. At which point, the guy driving the car should have done something, something. taken some action. Yeah. Whether that meant starting the car and getting ready to pursue these these uh, dissidents, yeah. or getting out of the car to stop them yeah. in person. Yeah. He, I'm sure he's armed. Yeah. There were uh, there were any number of actions that he should probably have taken, but the camera takes uh, precaution not to ever show his face so mm-hmm. that we're not reminded that there is a third person involved exactly. in the situation it, it's it's like it will it's like it was something that was left out by accident it's like oh three he said he said three oh there's only oh. two <laughs> or or they knew he was there the whole time and they were just like just 
try not to move and maybe people will forget there's a third guy and if as long as we shoot the car from like the complete opposite side of the car is where you are no right. one will ever remember that you're in it because while they're making their getaway macgyver just sneaks up he doesn't even really sneak up behind the car he just runs up to the car and because this is Russia, there are just barrels, overflowing <laughs> barrels of potatoes everywhere. So many potatoes. And he takes one, and he jams it into the tailpipe. And he's, again, like, it's kind of like that scene in Nightmares, mm. when it's like, you should have felt this moving the car, but yeah. for some reason you didn't. He's he, the, the whole car, you can see, is shaking up and down as he's jamming this potato yeah. into the tailpipe. And he's, not, and, he's, and he's wearing this bright red flannel. He's very conspicuous. Yeah. Um... And so then he just yelled, you know, Pete, he's like, well, where are we going? And he says, the boats, which it seems like they, they, the boats were at least a little ways away. It also seems like a weirdly dead end, like, prospect as far as yeah. an escape plan goes. Because, like, I mean, it, like, how how far, where does this river go? Yeah. I mean, like, how, like. Are is, we literally going to take the speedboat back to America? <laughs> is that your plan? Are we going to cross the yeah. Pacific Ocean? Or at least, like get out of russia like like i mean can it will it even open up to the sea i mean where where is this river going to take yeah. us uh it's not, yeah it's not a very good plan but at least it, it, what it does is it provides them an opportunity to flee in this excellent boat chase yeah and so once these uh two uh russian agents get out of the river or the the water out outside the front porch of this cabin um they run to the car, which as soon as they try and start it up, like the engine stalls, mm-hmm. and it's, it just looks like there's explosions happening under yeah, this car, which is not thing. what happens when you jam a tailpipe. Yeah, if, if if Beverly Hills Cop has taught us anything, right, is that that you'll you'll get a little ways before it actually starts to to break down. Yeah, uh, and probably just suffocate or gag. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this, there's full on like firecrackers coming out from underneath the car. Right. This get well, I guess this is what this does is just buys them enough time. To, to make a run for uh, the speedboats. and they, Which I'm assuming these Russian agents must have followed them on foot after that, right? Yeah, they must have. So, I mean, they didn't they didn't give them much of a head start, but I guess enough to get into a boat and, and just start it up and get taken off down the river. Yeah. Uh, but the Russians, luckily there's an, there's an exact duplicate boat that, you know, would match, I guess, their speeds. Yeah. Um, I would think that that would not allow them to catch up. Right. Well, it also seems like neither one of these boats is being like hot wired or anything. Like, were the keys in both of these boats, or it's a very yeah, it's a very trusting. Act, did they actually have boats like set up on the on this river in case they needed to pursue fugitives? It, it's it's very un- and it also doesn't seem like the kind of community that to have speed boats. Yeah, it's, it seems like more like a fishing kind of quiet casual. And when lake. they're pulling out onto the river, like there's a guy that's sitting there fishing, and they're they almost knock his boat yeah, over oh, with yeah. their wake. And he's like he's like in a hand carved wooden canoe too. And, and he doesn't even seem to care. He's not like, oh, you're scaring the fish. He's just like, yep, standard procedure. Yeah, don't don't react. Don't react. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to end up in the gulag. <laughs> uh, this boat chase is pretty crazy. I mean, yeah, it, it's like, got some great stunts. In yeah, it. I, like, I was thinking that maybe just by watching it, it was shot from something else, and they inserted it. But it looks like it was all just for this episode. Uh, in these, these, you know, these high-performance, like, jet propulsion boats that ride really shallow on the water, so you know they can go over like, like these, like, sh- you know, like really low sections of the water, and they do all kinds of like, crazy jumps. They go through like a dam. Uh, like, yeah. Like a, it's like it's like a flood control dam, but like the gates are open, so you can, water is flowing free, freely through. But it still looks 
really dangerous yeah, yeah. to just drive a boat through. And there's parts where it seems like they're actually getting airtime when they're skipping over like yeah. some of the grass that's up taller grass in, yeah, the, in the water. Totally. Um, and there is a shot uh, in that section that you see, you can actually see the skid of the helicopter that's doing the yeah, aerial yeah, yeah. footage. Yeah, so there, there was a lot of production value in this, yeah. in this chase. Um, one thing that did bother me about it, though, and caused me to occasionally lose track of which boat was in front and which boat was in back, is the fact that um, in, in cases like these, obviously, it's mostly stunt people on the boats. Right. And the boat that has MacGyver and the daughter and Pete in it, when they show that boat moving through the water with another boat chasing it, mm-hmm. they have three stunt people that are all wearing wigs to, to obscure their faces. Right. But Pete doesn't have hair. Yeah. So there are three people with hair in the front boat. And there's a bald guy in the second boat. Right. But there, were, there, I don't remember there being a bald Russian agent, unless the guy driving that car was bald. Right. Yeah, but well, he, he's not bald when they're getting into the boat. Yeah. So, so it, maybe his toupee blew off right when they got started. <laughs> but it looks like the the stunt double that's supposed to be playing Pete is in the wrong yeah, boat. Yeah, he's in the wrong boat. But yeah, it's, a, it's very cool stunt work, and... Uh, some of it looks really dangerous, especially where they're skidding around rocks at mm-hmm. like super high speeds. Yeah, um, I do wonder where they shot this. Yeah, I, I have no idea where uh, where a place like that. It m- but it must be local. It must sure, be somewhere yeah. around here. Um, the to to escape the pursuing boat, MacGyver uh, is going to rig up basically just like a debris uh, a debris field to kind of clog up their engine. Yeah, and it's like your what was it your favorite line? Yeah, my favorite line. Uh, I mean, it's it's hard to even say this is my favorite line. It's it's at least one of my favorite lines from this episode. There's a yeah. lot of good ones in here, but uh, he pulls out this like tarp, and uh, he starts cutting it up. I'm sure it's a potato sack because that's, <laughs> um, what else would they have in a Russian boat? But um, he starts cutting it up with his knife, and and Pete's like, MacGyver, what are you doing? He's like wrecking this blanket. <laughs> like, like that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to do. But uh, he ends up using this blanket as part of sort of a it's kind of like the essentially the the equivalent of a spike strip yeah that they're going to throw it out of the boat and it's going to wrap completely around the boat so that it clogs up their engine in the back right but also they're tying gas cans to the outsides Mm -hmm. of this this rope so that once it wraps around then not only are their engines getting caught up but they're getting caught up with gas cans yeah and like in the there's a couple of life preservers like to keep it afloat and uh, yeah, it's just yeah, you just, they just kind of hurl it out, and when the bad guys' boats run over it, right? It just immediately you just see it kind of get pulled in, and I guess they lose control because they go up onto the they go they skid up onto some uh, the dry land, the dry land, and they bail out of the boat just before it explodes. Yeah, um, giving them time. Which I'm not sure what exactly is causing the ignition of the gas. The gas. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. I it, it just kind of. But whatever, off. it looks awesome. So yeah, it's yeah. it's acceptable. They, they they blow up this this shell of a boat. Yeah, and I guess it looks like they just go back uh, back to where it was docked back, in the first place. Yeah, yeah, like this little sand sandy kind of beachhead, and they just bring it up into the sand. And uh, this this is the point at which Maria Karsov's daughter reveals that her father is not dead. Yeah, as as they suspected. And I'm not sure how exactly she knows this, but according to her, her father was was taken uh, because of his involvement with Pete, mm-hmm. and uh, basically the the plan that the government had was to hold him captive in a mental hospital, and if there was enough 
like public uh rioting about it that they would release him yeah and uh and they would just say like oh look he's still alive we didn't kill him like yeah yeah it's just uh it's just a weird coincidence that he was missing for a while Mm -hmm. and just hope that he wouldn't say anything and then if there wasn't enough uh rioting then they would actually kill him because it's like oh nobody seemed too bothered by it yeah yeah which now uh, Russia has has had a sharp policy change. Now they just kill the person. <laughs> now, yeah. I don't know if you've been following the news, but yeah. one of like Putin's like number one detractors was just like shot dead in public a couple weeks after saying to a reporter that he was pretty sure Putin was going to have him killed. But not enough it's people protested, so they didn't resurrect him yeah. after they shot him. <laughs> Anyone else want to negotiate? Yeah. But uh, so now the plan is uh, to go to this mental hospital and break him out by posing as a mental patient and his physician. It, it's it's still unclear whether or not they're supposed to be playing Russian doctors and patients, or because Pete's, they're not they're not affecting any kind of a Russian accent. Exactly, here. like you know, Pete's kind of got a, a Russian or at least an odd sounding name. Like Tor, his name's Doctor Torin. Yeah, his fake name. And they never reveal MacGyver's patient name. Right. Uh, but it, it doesn't seem like Pete's yeah, doing anything to try to hide who he is. Uh, it seems very suspicious that this American doctor with an American patient is here in Russia to undergo... But it could just be one of those situations where it's like, they both speak fluent Russian, but for the sake of the audience... We just have to understand that everyone yeah. is speaking Russian in this situation. I guess that's, I guess that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a thing that's done a lot yeah. and it, it just seems weird to me uh but macgyver is pretending to be uh, schizophrenic is i think i think yeah i think, I think they say yeah that's in the first like introduction of him she says are you sure this patient is schizophrenic because well the and the reason they do that is because uh this is dr natalia petrovich she and the other doctor dr savarin are basically the the head the head doctors of this hospital right and Dr. Savarin specializes in political prisoners who are brought in, who are not crazy. They're just people who have disagreed publicly with the government. Right. And, and they're held captive. But they are treated as mental patients. Right. Like, they're they're drugged, and they're put through what I'm assuming is uh, experiments or rehabilitation therapies yeah. to try to basically just to tone down their behavior yeah it's kind of like the situation with jack nicholson in one flew of the cuckoo's nest he he would have fallen under the category of political prisoner yeah because he clearly wasn't an insane person but he had like radical ideas that conflicted with the government's opinion and so you know he's being treated with chemicals or eventually with surgeries and things like that so um but yeah and uh severin is obviously like Savarin. Savarin is obviously like the bad guy, and then Petrovich ends up kind of playing the good guy yeah, in she, this situation. Yeah, I mean, she she wants to be a legitimate doctor. She even yeah, she's me. treating people with actual like issues, like right mental problems, and she's actually treating them with with proper medicine. And, yeah, and she cares about the patients here. Yeah, and she she later on she'll give a she'll we'll see a scene where she's talking to Pete, and she says like I wanted to be a surgeon, but it's too hard for a woman to get to get up to certain positions yeah so you know she she had to choose like this kind of life also the name petrovich which they've given to her here you might recognize from 
episode 16 every time she smiles that was uh Stepan's uncle was was uh, Petrovich yeah that was in Bulgaria I believe but yeah and actually um Elia Baskin who we have in this episode uh on uh Saint Elsewhere for a couple episodes he played a character named Petrovich mm-hmm. which is just one letter off of that but um Elia Baskin's great he plays yeah. a lot of uh I mean largely Russian characters um a lot of cosmonauts um he played uh, Peter Parker's landlord in Spider-Man's two and three, mm-hmm. um, Mr. Dickovich, and he was always like pushing his daughter Ursula on Peter Parker, trying to get them to date. Yeah, uh, I, I usually rec- most notably know him from like 2010. Yeah, uh, well, he and, was in there with Pete. Yeah, he was. Yeah, because it's, it's so great that that he and Dana Elkar were together in that. And uh, in in that movie, Dana Elkar's name was Dimitri, and here, uh, Elia Baskin's name is Dimitri. Right. Um, and he actually comes back as the same character, um, and he's like playing sort of a Russian defector type character um, in season two, episode thirteen. Okay, I look forward to that, but only because it's very unclear to me by the end of this episode what's happening with Dimitri, because when he when we're introduced to him in this scene, Dimitri's kind of like telling Mac about. Well, I mean, Mac is still believed to be the schizophrenic patient, and as far right. as bringing him in. And Dimitri's, like, telling him, you know, everything's fine as long as you take your pills and they keep control. If you're sick, you belong over there with this that group. If you're political, you belong over here with us. Right. Implying that he is a political prisoner. Yeah. Um, although Savarin is trying to – because Savarin has no – no doesn't try to hide the fact that he's got political people here. Yeah. Like, that's not, that's not anything like they... And it doesn't seem like that's something that even upsets the general public, that yeah. political prisoners are held in these mental hospitals. But then Savarin does go through this thing of saying, oh, you still believe that you are a political prisoner, that you're not um, just a standard mental patient. And uh, he threatens Dimitri with, like, more drugs and chemical tortures, basically. And so he's forced to Dimitri is forced to humiliate himself in front of him to make it seem like he is in fact crazy. Right. In order to kind of starts like, like flipping his lips around and yeah, da, 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 yeah. and like sniffing him and all this weird stuff. Yeah, just 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 to play with the fact that to get Savarin to be pleased with himself. Yeah, he's just basically trying to make it clear that uh, that he's crazy because he doesn't want to get treated by Savarin. He'd rather keep getting treated by Petrovich. Petrovich. Yeah. Uh, we also are introduced to Lopat, um, who, who's for some reason is credited as the political prisoner, uh, when it seems like there's a lot of other political prisoners that would have had that credit. Yeah. Um, Lopat is kind of the chief from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He's yeah, a really big say guy. Much. He's a big guy. He's a lot of brute strength. Mm-hmm. And, and while he seems like he is a little out of it, he has like these moments of clarity and understands the situations that he's in. And he seems very good at following uh, MacGyver's commands specifically. Yeah. But uh, the introduction to his character is kind of him him admitting to these people that he's like talking about how he drinks blood and yeah. stuff like that. And it, it doesn't seem like that's like him pretending to be a crazy person. It seems right. like that's something he's actually saying about himself. Yeah, exactly. But then when MacGyver says, you know, Dimitri asks if he's political, MacGyver says, I am political. It's, it's kind of like, I but am But I Jeppy. also <laughs> drink blood. <laughs> and uh, oh, we're then introduced into the, the chess player character. Right. Uh, who's, you know, like you were saying, is kind of like the Danny DeVito or kind of character who's like just kind of a little obsessive about yeah, the chess game. Yeah, just finds like one thing to get hooked on and just wants to do that all the time. Right. 
and uh, Savarin like starts threatening by taking away his chessboard, which is very upsetting to to the chess man. And so MacGyver flips into crazy mode and grabs the chessboard, just starts running around the room, jumping yeah. on beds and screaming. And this is where it feels like Richard Dean Anderson's actually getting to have a lot of fun with the character and just kind of like go nuts with it. Um, where like. I mean, it it never feels like he's holding back. Like he's really good at feeling very natural yeah. in his delivery. Um, but here it feels like he got to do something crazy, and he went like whole hog into it. And yeah. just, he's actually enjoying himself, and you can tell he's having fun playing this person, like pretending to be crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, and he, uh, he's jumping all around. He's screaming. And immediately the guards set upon him. And yeah. He's just like, I quit, I quit, I quit. Like, <laughs> but, but but before that, like Lopat like positions himself around the, the far side of a column. Right. And so as soon as the guards come in, like, he just full-on clotheslines. lines. Yeah. yeah, it's so great. And he's all, thank you, my friend! And Lopat's like, yeah. Yeah, you can tell already that there's a bond between these two because yeah. MacGyver claimed to drink blood. Yeah, exactly. Well. And so now these two are like, all right, we're on the same team here. Blood's yeah. pretty great. <laughs> it goes good with, like, a nice, like, steak. And, yeah, so MacGyver gets sort of knocked unconscious on this bed. Yeah. And, uh... But before he, like, finishes his sort of insanity run around the room, he tosses the chessboard to uh, Elia Baskin, right. uh, Dimitri, and uh, that saves the board, it seems like. Yeah, Savarin is very easily distracted. Yeah. Like, he, he's, like, there's a couple of times in this episode we'll get to that he's, like, f- he's fully intent on doing something horrible, but then a quick sleight of the hand distraction yeah. totally confuses so him. So MacGyver running around the room distracted him enough that he forgot he was taking this chessboard away from the chess master. Yeah, even though MacGyver's, like, waving it around yeah. this whole time. It, it's clear that that's what's going on. Um, meanwhile, Pete's kind of getting a tour of the hospital with Dr. Petrovich. And which is important to his his aspect of this plan is that he needs to be f- a little bit familiar with the facility, and he's even asking her questions about where you keep the drugs and how you keep them secure from the patients and uh, where do people eat. He like he's just basically like you can see the beginnings of this plan here. Yeah, he's doing recon, and uh, that's when one of the guards comes up and says tells him that MacGyver is his patient. Yeah, he says like, your patient was guard. violent, and yeah. he's like, what? What happened? What did you do to him? And they put MacGyver in this, not a straitjacket, because we do see straitjackets in this episode, but they actually just roll him up really tight in a series of blankets yeah. and sheets. It's, it's actually really clever, because that, like, I don't know if you've ever gotten tangled up in your sheets, and it's just like, uh, yeah. you can't, <laughs> I, I do all the time. <laughs> um, it can be really claustrophobic, and constraining yeah and it looks like he uh, richard dean anderson's really just wrapped up tight in these sheets because yeah yeah as much as like pete's trying to get him out he and it looks like he's just kind of like half pretending to pull but then at the same time like when they're actually trying to pull these sheets off it seems like he's pretty tight in there like yeah a, it seems like he's pretty stuck he's like a rolled up cigar but it's not always a claustrophobic situation i know my daughter was actually much more comfortable when i had her swaddled up like that yeah <laughs> so maybe macgyver is like part of him is like oh get me out of here and the other part's like this is really comfy i think i'm just gonna go to sleep he's actually he's actually having a chance to deal with some of his mental issues yeah. all the stuff that he's gone through my parents never swaddled me as a child this is so nice they died in a car crash you know yeah i know, I know. you keep bringing it up <laughs> yeah you can stop talking about that whenever you want macgyver <laughs> <laughs> he actually never talks about it. So uh, once Pete is now like, I guess Pete was allowed to get him out of the sheets and put him back in the ward. Yeah. And MacGyver is now having a talk with Dimitri about 
Alexander Karsov, who he's here for. And Dimitri's kind of like hesitant to believe him because it's kind of like, I don't know you, you're kind of... And you're supposed to be schizophrenic, so as far yeah. as I know. But uh, he kind of he kind of endures himself to Dimitri by having tried to defend the chess man. Yeah. And, and doesn't believe that a, an agent would have taken a beating for for the purposes of helping another patient but it also seems like dimitri genuinely doesn't believe karsov is here yeah like he he's just like this sounds a little weird and i don't know if you're a crazy person or not so i I don't know anything about this karsov character i haven't seen him but the chess man has right somehow (laughs) and and according to the chess man he's being held in ward zero which Mm -hmm. is one floor up from them which is a supposedly empty floor of the hospital but apparently they're holding him by himself there. Yeah, it's it is the you know a lot of a lot of stuff from this kind of reminds me of the Mel Brooks movie High Anxiety. Okay. <laughs> because in that there it's all about a corrupt mental hospital that's keeping uh, influential people under under the guise that they are crazy. Yeah. But keeping them locked away. I can't I can't quite remember the plot of why they're why they're holding, but they're. They are holding him, and like there is a guy who's in a secure wing, who's a, like a, a, a industrialist, and so they're but they're holding him there. I don't know. It just reminds it reminded me of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, just subtly. So MacGyver has to figure out a way to get first of all get out of his cell because Pete had told him earlier that they only brought one set of lockpicks. Right. Which seems really silly because it, it kind of figures like they knew they knew they would at least need two. Yeah. Um. I think Pete just likes to test MacGyver now and then. I think that's what this was. Uh, I don't have enough room in my pocket for a second set. I'm just going to take one. MacGyver can figure something out. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lockpick set, he probably could have taken one or two tools out. Yeah, he didn't need the whole set. Exactly. But he he also didn't know what these locks looked like yet. That's true. So maybe he needed an eye on it first. But, Uh, um, yeah, when he talks to Petrovich, she explains that these drugs are kept under lock and key in this, mm -hmm. like, cabinet. So that's what Pete has to get into. Right. And MacGyver is having to fashion a set of lockpicks to get into an actual secure cell right. where a patient is being held. So MacGyver's a little upset about not even getting a set of lockpicks because Pete's job is so much easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a, breaking into a tiny uh, medicine cabinet versus breaking into an actual cell that yeah. a person is being held captive in is a completely different situation. Pete could probably just smash open the cabinet yeah, he's trying I mean, to get into. Yeah, I mean, I know they, they don't want to make it obvious that someone broke into it. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it, any, I think when you get a look at what this box is, he probably could have crowbarred it open yeah. or any number of things uh, to get it open. But, uh, so MacGyver is forced to figure out a way to get out of the cell on his own, which he goes and grabs a light bulb from a fixture. And, ah, uh, it's just... He's he's trying doing it by hand, like he's just grabbing this on light bulb. Yeah, by it was hand. just on a second ago, and he turned it off, and he's and does he even turn it no, off? No, no, he, he just, uns- he just unscrews, unscrews it, it while it's on. Yeah, so it's already super hot. Yeah, and uh, and like you can see him, like he's flipping it back and forth in his hand because it's hot. Um, and then we well, see, and his this is the weird part of it. He immediately breaks it and then starts grabbing the filament. That the filament be, is the hottest part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the part that makes it hot. Yeah. Um, and if you've seen the uh, the MacGyver special from MythBusters, this was one of their challenges: was to get out of a locked room using stuff that they had in the room, and uh, they end up using a light bulb filament to pick the lock of the door. So mm-hmm. this is an actual possible thing, although it only takes MacGyver about forty-five seconds total to 
go from having a filament to picking a door yeah. lock with it. And I think it took them about 45 minutes. Yeah, and we've also seen MacGyver pick locks with a knife. Yeah, usually he just jams his Swiss Army knife in yeah. the door and then like cut to a wide shot of him opening it. Uh, did he use this? He must use his Swiss Army knife to cut the blanket. Yes, he did. Okay, because yeah. I, was, I was thinking, like, if, I feel like we haven't gotten a lot of Swiss Army Knife play lately. Yeah, no, he definitely had it earlier in this episode. Because I remember thinking when he pulled it out on the speedboat and pulls the knife part out, I was just like, ah, like, be careful, buddy. <laughs> this thing's hopping all over the place, and now you're holding a blade. MacGyver, what are you doing? Yeah. Wrecking this person. Stab. Whoops, sorry. We'll use your organs to clog the boat. <laughs> we'll throw this corpse overboard. And clog up their engine. Uh, so MacGyver is successfully picks the lock, but then he's got to pick a couple more locks to get to Ward Zero and to get into the cell. But there's a for Ward Zero being only for, for supposedly being empty, but in reality only having the one prisoner. Yeah. There seems like there's a guard there with an awful lot of paperwork and an awful lot of things to do. Yeah. Like. It seems like this is a very active ward versus very very quiet ward. Yeah. Um, so MacGyver is forced to distract him when the guy go to, goes to do his rounds by creating this really crazy elaborate uh, classic MacGyver distraction. But this is one one we've seen before where he fills up a like an industrial sink kind of basin like a wash tub basin sink with water and puts a bucket and then delicately balances a mop through it with a rag on the end yeah. to to just kind of get like this waving stick motion but before that he had covered the uh the bucket in caulking and i guess some other he says a chemical hardening agent but you, you can't read the bottle because it's in russia right yeah it's just it's just i believe that this is kind of one of those magical macgyverisms it's like just just trust me whatever i'm doing is going to work yeah and, you got to take my word for this. Yeah. So, but then the, the orderly comes back and sees the distraction and just immediately grabs this bucket that's clearly covered in some kind of goo. Yeah. And he just full on grabs it with both hands simultaneously. Like he doesn't like, just like pick it up out of the water. He just grabs it and is immediately like, oh no, my hands are stuck. Yeah. And MacGyver was in the room with him. In yeah. this little supply closet, and just kind of like sidesteps around him. It just seemed like there any number of other things could have confused him long yeah. enough for MacGyver to just walk away from him. Or even better, once you get past him, just close the door to the supply room. He can't open the door. Yeah. And then, and probably could have lifted the keys off of him too. Like there was a couple of opportunities I feel that MacGyver missed. But instead, uh, the he the character kind of gets set upon by uh, the uh, the the political prisoner. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because the, he does manage to get to the alarm while MacGyver's searching the cells. Yeah. And, uh, Which he wouldn't have been able to do if MacGyver had closed the closet Yeah, door. exactly. Uh, because he would have had the... Because the mop was in there, and he, like, you can't turn this bucket. It's like a, the club on a car, you know? Right. You just can't you can't manipulate it. But uh, the character that, that, for whatever reason, is referred to as the political prisoner. In the yeah. Place. So they gave him a name, and then they didn't... They just they referred didn't credit him, him. that. But uh, he, that actor... He was in a few episodes of Magnum P.I. because he was actually Tom Selleck's college roommate at USC, huh. apparently. And uh, he also played uh, professional football in the NFL. He was... Uh, He's always a big guy. Yeah, he is a big guy. So, But he played for the Eagles, the Chargers, and the, the Oilers. Yeah, his name's uh, Tim Rosovich. Yeah. Oddly, the most Russian... One of the most Russian names. <laughs> yeah. 
not a Russian looking dude, but he was one of the Russian more Russian names of the group. Yeah, I, I, I usually remember him from Cloak and Dagger with Henry yeah. Thomas. He's one of uh, the the two main henchmen that are coming after him. Uh, and so like there's a couple like you know cause he's a big guy. That, in fact, there's a moment where he holds like this little girl out over the edge of a precipice. <laughs> yeah. As a threat. So like he's definitely super a super strong guy. And he actually comes back for a couple more MacGyvers. He's in uh, season two, episode twenty, Friends, which has a whole bunch of people in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, then he also comes back a little bit later in season five, episode eleven, Squeeze Play, which okay. is like a counterfeit baseball card ring episode. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. That's really bizarre. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm sure he's a professional baseballer in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I haven't seen that one, but. I, I don't like it. Just seems like such a minor MacGyver mystery. Yeah, yeah. It's like he's he's saving countries. I'm gonna save and... the world from being destroyed, and also stop making fake cars. <laughs> Come on, guys. guys. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to watch that episode to make sure we're not totally missing the point of it. Yeah. So MacGyver makes his way. Uh, you know, Lopat comes and subdues the guard. MacGyver's like, "Don't kill him," because <laughs> you kind of yeah. don't know what Lopat's capable yeah. of. He does like the taste of blood. Yeah. Um, and he, MacGyver says, you know, don't let anyone else in here. And so he gets into Karasov's cell and, you know, makes contact with him. Right. But uh, Karasov tells him, you know, I'm the only one here. So if they're going to come in here to look for anyone, they're going to look in here. Yes. Um, and it's not really clear how Mac and Karasov escape. They leave his cell, but they go out the opposite end of the cell room. It looks like as if there's another door out. Yeah. Um, so well, he does have the whole floor to himself, so there might be more than one door on this hallway from yeah. this, where he's being kept. It's kind of weird because we, we, we see them duck away, and then two more guards come, and Lopat, like, somehow Lopat had suspended a guard upside down, jammed in a doorway. Yeah, it really didn't make any sense. His feet were hanging over the edge of the door so that when they push the door open, he just kind of falls yeah. to the ground. But then Lopat, like, immediately, like, captures the two guys, and in the meantime the other patients in Ward K have started their own little fiasco is like just trying to like diversify where the guards have to go. Yeah, And they're keeping Savarin's attention down there. Yeah. Uh, So this kind of buys time in the confusion where half the people are looking for Karasov. The other half, the other third are being dealt with by Lopet personally. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's, he's got like three or four guys. Um, And then just like the general craziness. So we don't really see where Mac and Karasov go. Yeah. I'm assuming that they're hiding out somewhere because they're snuck in later. Yeah. But they, they come back into like the Gen Pop area. Yeah. Kind of. they, they get brought in with the rest of the crazy people. And 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 also during this time, this is when Pete breaks into the uh, the the medical cabinet. Right. So he's got the lockpick, so he's able to quick quick make quick work of the the locks, and just starts pocketing all kinds of drugs yeah it's just a it he calls it like a mild sedative and yeah, a psychotropic it's psychotropic yeah and uh he's very clumsy pocketing it because he drops a bag on his way mm-hmm. out of the room and there's a weird scene before that where he breaks into it and he hears someone coming in and it's a maid but it's like why is a maid still cleaning when the the facility is under like lockdown yeah she's got a free pass to walk in yeah, she, she still wants. has a master key to everything yeah um yeah, but the, as you like as you said, Pete drops like a full dime bag of uh, of powder, and and he even and Suvarin like 
calls to him because he sees him from down yeah. the hall, like uh, Doctor Torn. And, just and he doesn't pay attention doesn't to him. Doesn't respond. It's kind of it, it's too, a little overly suspicious. It's, and it would have been even more suspicious if Sivarn had been following him any quicker, because Pete goes through this door and then he turns around and he looks through yeah. the window to see if Sivarn's following him. And if Sivarn had been quicker to follow him, he would have turned and just seen Pete staring through the window <laughs> of this door. It's like Pete, that's not covert at all. What you're Pete, doing. Pete just ducks down, but it's too late. It's like, yeah. what, what are you doing? I, saw, I, I can see you, Dr. Torin. But if, Suvarin goes the other way to see where Pete came from, yeah. and he finds this bag on the ground. And and so, at this point, uh, things have started to quiet down. Like, the uh, Ward K is like, they're starting to clean up, and that's when they bring Lopat in in a straitjacket. Right. And, uh, like, Dimitri kind of initiates an applause for like everyone to like to celebrate first of all because uh we don't know what's going to happen to Lopat once he's set loose again yeah. and so it's like we better let's 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 show that we appreciate that the work that yeah. he's done because we don't want him to kill us next yeah after and, all these guards he probably murdered yeah at least MacGyver only told me not to kill that first guy <laughs> at least one guard is dead we're yeah. almost positive and uh so Savarin is going to inject Lopat with something which Dimitri says will cripple him like so, right. I'm assuming it's, and and even the chess man says that it's something about damaging tissue, uh. So uh, whatever it is, it's some, it's pretty bad. Right. He he rattles off a bunch of like um, his medical diagnosis of of what this procedure will do. Yeah. And then Subaru gets in his face and he's like, "Oh, you suddenly you remember medicine?" And he's yeah. like, "Yeah, sometimes, and then sometimes I forget it." And then, uh, he takes the chessboard and folds it up and puts it on the other side of the room where yeah. he can't play with it. He says, "Yeah, don't touch this until I until I say." Yeah. And and again, this is the easily distracted like I was going to inject and almost kill this guy, but now suddenly I'm frustrated. No, and... I'm I'm more interested in taking your chessboard away. <laughs> he always defaults to the lesser evil. <laughs> yeah. He's actually a pretty nice guy. Uh you know, it, it's it's a it, you know what it reminds me. It's like a Hogan's Heroes kinds of thing. Yeah. It's like it's like you know you got the commandant and he's like super strict, but he if you throw something like oh we heard Hitler might be coming from oh really <laughs> <laughs> it's like wow no you, you, you can he's so easily manipulated it's like you it's like how have they not escaped yeah, yet it's 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 and it's also kind of like quail a little bit it's just like oh, oh yeah the perfect match. <laughs> uh, I love these villains. I really do. It's so much fun. But yeah, so while they're trying to sneak um, Karsoff into the room, uh, MacGyver basically just walks in. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I, uh, I'm I, totally of my own free will and I can go wherever I please. And he just says, where have you been? And he's like, oh, it's just walking around in the mm-hmm. moonlight. And, and he's like, how did, how did you get outside? And he's like, well, see the gate out there? It's open. And he's trying to show him out the window. And yeah. the guard's like distracted long enough for them to bring Karsoff in and wrap him in like a trench coat. And yeah. put him behind. Uh, like I said, like a d- divider curtain kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, they, they put him on the other side of the room where, where nobody knows that he's down here. Um, and Karsoff, by the way, we should mention is uh, Lawrence Dobkin plays mm-hmm. the part. But he, he's going to come back uh, for season three, episode nine, Hell Week. Yeah, that's, I like that episode. He's so. a, a Professor Julian Ryman, um, who is, I guess, a former professor of MacGyver's and also a terrible father. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he has a lot of former professors. Yeah. So, th- But this episode, actually, it looks like has a lot of people from uh, future MacGyver episodes with Elia and uh, and Dobkin and, uh, and Rosovich. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. 
I'm sure they had a lot of fun on the set, and that's why they were like, "We got to bring some of these people back." Yeah, the, from what we've talked, from what we've heard in these interviews, it always seems like filming these episodes is a lot of fun. Yeah, it and, seems like the crew is having a lot of fun as well as the cast, mm-hmm. and we've heard nothing but amazing things about Richard Dean Anderson for, yeah. for the entirety of it. So, I, you know, you see these shows and a lot of like a lot of these dramas, and like you, you think, I, I don't feel like 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 to reference a current show, Mad Men. Yeah, I don't feel like. A lot of those episodes are probably like everyone's having a really good time and it's all crazy fun. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's it's like it's all serious and like it's like real actors like like focusing and yeah. Uh, but I know John Hamm is hilarious. Yeah, well, John Hamm is hilarious. But then I think of stuff like shows from the eighties like Moonlighting and uh, and you know MacGyver and you think okay those shows had to be like a lot of fun. Yeah, just nonstop laughs. Everyone's having a good time. Magnum PI. I feel like that was a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. So it's it just. It just makes warms my heart to know. It makes the watching that the they actually enjoyed making it. Too. Yeah. As well as like I'm enjoying watching it, and you guys actually had fun making it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, definitely in this episode, a lot of that fun is coming through in the performances. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so they get Karsoff hidden behind the curtain. Uh, Suvarin comes back and says they know that this that he's gone. That Karsoff yeah. is gone, and that they're going to find him, and they want information, but nobody has anything for him. Yeah. And. uh I think then we cut to Pete talking with Petrovich in like the commissary. Mm-hmm. Like they're having like a nice casual converse- conversation. Yeah. And Savarin kicks the door in so hard that it actually swings in and smacks the table. It hits the they're table sitting. they're sitting at. And uh, uh, he basically accuses. Well, he doesn't basically. He does accuse them of, of cons- conspiring together to steal medicine from right. from the hospital. Because for some reason he thinks that Petrovich and Pete are working together. Yeah. Even though. Like he has no reason to suspect Petrovich. Petrovich has the key to this cabinet, and as far as like he knows, she's just been using proper medicine for yeah. people. Like I don't understand why he would even lump her into the accusation, other than he just doesn't like having her around. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so he you know, he tells them that they're under house arrest right. until until the proper well, like they were about to go for a jog. Yeah, it's he's like you can't you can't see or talk to anybody, and and so he all of a sudden now we're getting the first our first glimpse at actual guards with guns. Right. So far we've only seen like orderlies and restraining people physically. Now we're actually seeing like military kind of type guards with with guns and in unif- in specialized uniforms. Yeah. And they put Peter and Petrovich. <laughs> it's hard to say. Uh, just in an office. They just kind of lock them away in an office. Right. And this is when he goes to uh, confront the patients and says, yeah. we realized that Karsoff is missing. Or He just says the patient. We have another patient who's missing. Mm-hmm. And we're on to these, this other situation. Drug ring, going yeah. On. Yeah, this drug ring. And so MacGyver kind of steps forward to pretend, yes, I'm, I'm an agent here undercover to find <laughs> out about this drug ring. And I'm with the KGB. Mm-hmm. And before he can say anything like... They just push him back down, and they're ready to arrest him. And yeah, and Savarin says that he's going to interrogate him, chemi- chemical interrogation. Yeah, and that's when we get this just great reaction from the chess man. It's like, no. Yeah, we cut to <laughs> this slow mo shot of him just losing his, <laughs> losing his mind, sort of. Well, what's what's so great about it too? It's like it's it's almost cathartic because he actually uses his chessboard, the thing he values the most. To take out the person he hates the most. Yeah, so he grabs it off the off the uh, cabinet where he's he was not allowed to touch it. Yeah, and uh, he just 
drags it up over his head and smashes it down over Sivarin's head. Yeah. And it just completely obliterates the board mm-hmm. and presumably knocks uh, Sivarin unconscious or yeah. something because he, he seems to take it pretty hard. Yeah, he, he drops. And uh, the armed guard that Sivarin brought with him looks like charlie daniels like it's like <laughs> he's so old. Uh, inexplicably he brought like the oldest guard in the hospital and uh macgyver like knocks it or he kicks the gun out of his hand yeah throws him over a bed and then elia basket just <laughs> smashes a chair yeah, across his like face. wwe or something like that yeah. he just comes in with a stool and just whack yeah and uh so now they've basically taken control of this room mm-hmm. and they can start moving people out so karsoff and macgyver grab the other political prisoners uh, including Dimitri, right? Uh, uncertain whether or not he is political, uh, but they make their way out, and at this point they meet up with Maria Krasov's daughter, who who has been now like working in the dining room, of the of the hospital. Yeah, she basically was posing as like a local and pretended that she was hired to help them out with anything they needed right. in the kitchen. And so the guy just sets her to work like, okay, well, you're in charge of setting the tables and making the tea for everyone. Yeah. And so she takes the medicine from Pete. Well, and... but before that, before oh. before she gets the medicine from Pete, they've already got, like, Karsoff and the political prisoners, MacGyver, they've rescued Pete and the other doctor. They're all ready to go. Yeah. And everyone is in the cafeteria. Yeah. So they could have just escaped right then and there at this moment because everyone else is subdued. Uh, tied up like you know, we cut back to the chess man playing chess with Savarin. Yeah, like Savarin's in a straitjacket and he's just making all the moves for him. Yeah, and so th- they have no more obstacles to escape, but they initiate this third phase of the plan is to drug everyone else at the hospital. Yeah, inexplicably. Yeah, I guess just to create confusion. Um, so they <laughs> they lock like the head of the dining room away, like he comes out going like, "What's going on here?" And he's like a super fancy mater d. Like, it doesn't seem like he belongs at yeah. a mental hospital. And they're not armed at all. Correct. Like, they're just standing in the hallway, and he says, what's going on here? And then they say, like, we're patients, and we're breaking out. And rather than, like, get the attention of all the people in the next room over, he's just like, okay, well, you can lock me in a closet. Yeah. Like, I mean, Pete does, like, kind of push him against the wall and say, like, we'd appreciate if you didn't right. interrupt this breakout. And, uh, and apparently that was intimidating enough. Right. I don't know if pete is necessarily intimidating I, I have a theory that this this man is actually a patient and he just believes that he's, he's pretending like, he's working in the kitchen and yeah just believes it exactly like he believes himself to be like a fancy mater d so those well just let him work in the kitchen and and he'll have a good time yeah um and so maria sneaks back in with the the drugs and pours it into the tea and instantly it takes its effect on everyone in the yeah and like, like so everyone had the tea immediately after she did this. Yeah, and and so they just kind of all gather in the cafeteria now. But she and Karsoff aren't in the same room until this point. Yeah. This is when she sees her father. She's like, oh, father. And he's like, oh, Maria. And there's like the joyful reuniting of father and daughter. Right. And the people at the table are like, so what's going on? You guys are like patients here? Like they're all intoxicated with yeah. the psychotropic drug. And uh, they're all like, yeah, we're escaping. And the guy goes, good luck. <laughs> like, yeah. And the the one of the guards like tries to pull out his gun, but Elliot gets to him before he can like completely pull it out of the holster and just takes the gun away from him. And yeah. Like, oh, nope, you got my gun. <laughs> oh, there's a funny moment earlier. Um, after they like knock out the guard, the older guard, and smash him with a chair, that MacGyver's standing outside the the door, and then 
this other guard comes through the door and MacGyver just slaps him so hard that he spins a complete yeah. 360. We, we, we've the guard or MacGyver MacGyver yeah. spins like completely spins yeah. out after he punches the guy. That's what I thought. Cause we've seen MacGyver do that before yeah. in nightmares when he hits the guy with his duffel bag and spins so hard that he just tumbles to the ground. Yeah. Himself. He really puts everything he's got into these punches. Yeah. And, uh, and then Elia runs to him in the doorway and he's got the one gun now from the first guard and he's like pointing it at MacGyver like okay MacGyver now we got and MacGyver like grabs his hands and like points the gun away from himself <laughs> like you're a crazy person don't point a gun at me yeah and so now in this uh, in this cafeteria now that he's taken this second gun with the guards he's like alright well good luck see you guys later and then Elia takes both of the guns and like points them to his own face and like <laughs> kisses them away <laughs> like it's just like this really weird gesture but it's like you just pointed two guns in your mouth at the same time yeah what are you doing um, you are crazy and then uh they basically go to the door and macgyver just walks out the front door and these two guards that are standing watch uh are like oh where are your papers like you can't just leave the the hospital and he's like oh uh they're right uh and then two coats get thrown over these guys heads and they yeah. just drag them back through the doorway <laughs> into the hospital and then everybody leaves yeah they, they just they're walking out on the grounds and they're uh, Karasov takes this moment to have like a little bit of a political moment saying like you know you know I'm not going to escape it's like but Pizzo but they they locked you away it's like, oh, that's a government Peter it's, it's not, not Russia it's not Russia and then uh, I don't know it, that part really bothers me yeah <laughs> it's like yeah Russia's probably right about to change <laughs> everything's going to turn around I figure I figure it's got like at least 10 years yeah <laughs> um, but and and so we kind of immediately go from that scene to back into, is it Leningrad or is it back in Moscow? It's it's back in a major city. Yeah, and, I think it is back to Leningrad. And uh, and and like Karsov, like they said that there are people gathering like for Karsov to to announce to the public that he's still alive, and that that he plans to to continue his work to speak out against the government. But now, uh, Doctor Petrovich, who escaped with them. Is basically she's got no career now, so she's gonna hang out with Karsov and I guess just kind of like join this minor revolution. But he basically tells his daughter that he doesn't want her to do the same thing, right? Because if they capture her, then they can kind of puppeteer him through her, right? But if they capture him, he doesn't like he's he can stay true to his word without risking his family's life, exactly. And, and uh, but if they actually capture her, then they have him <laughs> even more so than if they actually have him. Yeah, uh, and and all during this scene we get like intercut with macgyver who is wearing the most ridiculous coat yeah. ever it, <laughs> if if you look up uh seinfeld and look up putty's coat from seinfeld it's yeah. this really elaborate fur coat it looks like a combination of a bathrobe and like bath mats it yeah. just looks like they're sewn together uh it just looks really weird on macgyver yeah it's slightly effeminate <laughs> Yeah, it does look like it's a woman's coat. Yeah. I, I definitely thought that when I first saw him in it. But, um, yeah, and uh, and so he basically, Karzov turns around and, and sort of steps out into this clearing in a, in a local park and introduces himself. And uh, these people that have been notified in advance, like, Karzov's going to make his reappearance here, mm-hmm. like, suddenly start crowding around him to yeah. talk to him and everything. It reminded me a lot of the very end of uh, Capricorn 1 where... You think these these astronauts have been killed because mm-hmm. they they it's like the, the whole faking the moon landing thing and the, yeah, the yeah. astronauts died on reentry but they're 
they actually shot it in a studio and they have to kill everyone so that the secret never gets out and uh then these astronauts basically to to clear their names and to explain to everyone that everything was faked they have to show up and at their own funeral yeah (laughs) and so the government's been chasing down this whole time but it just reminded me of that scene where it's like look we're not dead yeah yeah. the government lied to you um but yeah so but it's an interesting scene Mm -hmm. because like in cards off earlier it said that now they've made him too famous to kill now like and and this will only enhance the the fact that he was in prison then they faked his death yeah did quiet him but now he's he escaped, and now like he's. It really be... didn't make any sense to fake his death in the first place. If they'd have yeah. just killed him, then he couldn't possibly have released the story that they faked his death. Yeah, it, it. I mean, it is a slippery. It's a it's a dangerous ground. Like you know, when if you kill someone who's so politically active, that you risk making a murder out of them, you risk it. I'm not saying it's guaranteed. Right. Like, because clearly there are, are situations even today. But the daughter makes the implication that. If there had been enough of a public protest that, what, they would have released him and said, you're free to go, and just hoped he didn't say anything? Yeah, it, it's not really clear what their plan was. Because the logic of it doesn't make a lot of sense if if the plan was, well, if people get really upset, then, you know, we'll just, you know, give him right. a slap on the wrist and say, please don't talk because, bad about us. Yeah, because they said he was dead. Yeah. They absolutely said. Like, were they treat him as especially nice at this mental hospital in the in the event that they would have to release him again? Well, we do see the inside of his cell. He's got like books and a table and yeah. lamps. Like he's he seems to be like continuing whatever work he might be doing at least in the interim. Maybe maybe even writing his memoirs yeah. <laughs> well, before he believes that he might be killed. Um. um yeah. Uh, but you know, it's it's the end of the episode, and it's kind of leaves you with this hopeful hopeful message for russia i wonder but... if he feels bad though like it's like oh there you know maybe if more people had shown up to this park like maybe you guys could have made more of a more of a protest about my death yeah because they would have just released me of my own recognizance yeah, it, instead it... of like for him like oh i guess i didn't have that much of a following because otherwise no one would have to rescue me exactly yeah it was it seemed a little strange but they are happy that he's alive and he's out yeah. and he says he's going to he's going to be even more active than he was before so that's that's where we leave it really yeah that's where we end the episode yeah, i like this episode yeah I it's, thought, it's uh, definitely a fun one mm-hmm. i would say it's it's a little bit uneventful in that we're just moving you know i mean it was probably an easy shoot yeah because they could we have no indication of what time of day it is anywhere in this so they could have been interiors. shooting. Yeah, it's all interiors, and it's all the same like five rooms of this hospital. So, with the exception of the crazy boat chase, the, the crazy beginning. boat chase is amazing. Yeah, that, that that it opens extremely strong. I'm not saying it doesn't end strong. It just the opening builds you up a little bit more than what the rest of the episode is going to be about. Yeah, because it's so contained. But and I I think because of some of the logic issues of the commissary and how they really didn't need to poison any of these people. Yeah. So they're therefore. Pete breaking into the cabinet was unnecessary. Therefore, Pete even being there was unnecessary. Yeah. Like, um, um, Maria even being there, like her her part of going through all this work to get to yeah. get a job at the hospital wasn't really yeah, part the, of it. The, the whole third act is is a little uh, shaky mm-hmm. as far as like from from just a structural standpoint. But um, but it's good to see Pete as part of a plan. Yeah, I do like when we involve Pete. Um, I just wish that he had more of an integral role to what's yeah. going on. But, um, yeah, and 
obviously MacGyver's having a lot of fun here. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's always fun to see that person. I mean, that's what was so great about One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is seeing Jack Nicholson with these guys and just seeing him like very selflessly like right. throw himself in, in as a shield to to defend them in right. different situations. Because as as you know, for people who aren't overly familiar with One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, it's basically, you know, it, it's it's bad enough that they're in a mental hospital and they're very depressed about that, but they're also not treated well. Right. This and, is this was a time in America and I don't know that we're much farther along yeah. the road than we were at the time, but that, you know, lobotomy was a very common procedure to cure, like, mental problems, and, and it, it's really just a forced, like, behavioral adjustment. Yeah, it, it just, it doesn't kill them, but it doesn't really make them a person It just kind of either. robs them of free will and makes yeah. them a zombie. And, but uh, along along with, like, electroshock therapy and stuff mm-hmm. like that, like, the, the American mental health situation was not a very good yeah. program at the time. And I think it's probably comparable to the the 80s russian mental health situation yeah um so yeah it makes sense that they would they would if they were going to try and do the same thing in the mid 80s that they would do it at a at a russian mental hospital but i do like how they play up kind of like this russian obsession with using like drugs as as a form of interrogation uh it's like it reminds me like rocky you know where like they're they're you see rocky training like drinking eggs and, and hitting pieces of meat but when you see the, like the Russian training guy they got him hooked up to computers and they're injecting him with all kinds of like yeah, yeah. chemicals to make him stronger um, it, it kind of really just you know obviously this is the Cold War in America is very pro-America and anti-Russia and so it, it, but it, it seems like the Russians are always played up as using chemicals and, and, and science to evil science i guess that would be the best place to sure put, yeah way to put it but yeah it's definitely a fun episode it has a lot of like levity to it mm-hmm. in, in spite of like the seriousness of like having these people sort of semi-incarcerated for crimes they didn't commit yeah um but elia is obviously a lot of fun mm-hmm. and richard dean anderson's clearly having fun and even pete gets to like laugh in a few scenes yeah at, at like the ridiculousness of their situation so it definitely seems like it was they were having fun on set probably because they had a much freer shooting schedule and they were sleeping regularly yeah <laughs> because this this couldn't have taken more than a week probably not i mean it the, the, the scenes all move really quick yeah and a lot of it is just kind of walking around and sneaking around i don't imagine there's many takes of those, some of those scenes yeah so that about wraps it up then i think for uh, season one episode 21 a prisoner of conscience if you want to reach out to us with your thoughts on this episode or future episodes of the show, you can find us on Twitter at opening gambit, all one word. Um, you can find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Phoenix foundation podcast. And as always, you can find our website, Phoenix foundation podcast.com. And if you dig in the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Uh, tune in next week. We're going to be covering the season finale. Oh my gosh, it's happening. We're, we're one seventh of the way through our review of the entire series so that's insane it's crazy that we've that we've come this far you know i mean sitting down to get started i i don't know if i if i was sure how far we were gonna get but i feel like we can keep this pace up oh yeah absolutely I think we're doing well but yeah so uh that's gonna be season one episode 22 the assassin Ooh. thank you for listening thank you thank you